50 days ago, roughly 50 days ago, we began the season of Lent. We began with Ash Wednesday, and we entered into the desert with our Lord. With penance, with prayer, with many acts of almsgiving, and all the things that come with Lent. We did, we entered that campaign of Lent, the desert with the Lord for 40 days. And not only that, at the end of those 40 days, we began those sacred three days where we went with our Lord to the cross. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and then in the tomb on Holy Saturday. And now, on this day, which is the eighth day, but is also still the first day of Easter, in that mystical way that we enter into it. Today, and this whole season long, we will be in the garden. We have come out of the desert and will be with the Lord in the garden of the resurrection. In the seedbed of the church. I think that is where the church wants us to reflect as we enter into Easter, is that we have been in penance for 40 days. We have seen God moving with his people throughout salvation history. We have walked with our Lord as he went to the cross. And now the church calls us to reflect upon not the Old Testament, but the new, on what is new, because Christ rose from the dead. And that is why as we begin the Easter season, you'll notice that on Sundays, but throughout the every day of Easter, we don't read from the Old Testament for the first reading. No, we read from the Acts of the Apostles. That recounting of the first years of the church's life of the first years, of that first community that was the church. Our true ancestors in the faith, the apostles and those who followed them and who passed on that faith eventually to us now. And the reason why we do this is because the church wants to remind us as we enter into Easter, of what is our mission. Because if we don't know what we're supposed to do, if we don't know what God has called us to do, then how can we do it faithfully? If we don't know what it means to really be the church, to be Catholic, then how can we live it out? And that is why we will be reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Because while we sit here in the year 2021 A.D., and they were at the beginnings of the church in 33 A.D., even though we live in a very different world than they lived in, the mission of the church and of each member, you and I, has not changed. Has not changed at all since that for those first years because all of us have been given you and I lay person and clergy lay or religious from the seemingly 
most insignificant member of the church to even the Pope himself, there is one mission that we all have. And that was given to us by our Lord before he ascended to the Father. When he, speaking to his disciples on a mountaintop, said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. That is our mission. You and I have the same mission. Because he didn't speak it just to the apostles, just to his priests. That was spoken to all who would be believers. And so we take time this Easter to look back to see how did those first disciples, those first group of believers, how did they live that mission? And so today we begin with that first community in Acts. And we also remember our Lord sending out his apostles as we heard in the gospel. He told them to receive the Holy Spirit and to then go out and be that witness of forgiveness. And we see that being lived in the Acts of the Apostles. How it says that the community of believers was of one heart and mind. And it goes on to describe all these beautiful things that the community lived. How they took in all their possessions and none of them saw them as their own. And while we sometimes get fixated on that idea, what is this idea, all the things that they did, rooted in? It's rooted in that community of one heart and one mind. The first step to fulfilling the mission that Christ has given to his church and by extension to each individual member of the church, the first step is the community. Specifically, the community that is built, that is founded, that is united in one heart and one mind. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that God did not destined us to be holy as individuals. It says, quote, At all times and in every race, anyone who fears God and does what is right has been acceptable to him. He has, however, willed to make men holy and save them, not as individuals without any bond or link between them, but rather to make them into a people who might acknowledge him and serve him in holiness. And it goes on to speak about the people of Israel, all that we read about during Lent, about salvation history, and then it continues, all these things happened as a preparation for and figure of the new and perfect covenant, which was to be ratified in Christ, the new covenant in his blood. He called together a race made up of Jews and Gentiles, which would be one, not according to the flesh, but in the spirit. In other words, would be one in heart and mind, be one 
in the Spirit. The Spirit who moves the heart to praise the Lord. The Spirit who moves the intellect to accept the truth of what Christ has passed on, what the apostles passed on to us in the church. And so that is the first step to our mission, is that we be a community that is united in one mind and one heart. One heart in prayer, where we pray one prayer, even though we bring in all of our own individual prayers, as we as the community of faith pray as one. That is why the Mass is one. That is why we do not each do our own thing during Mass. But we pray with one posture and one voice. And we pray with one, we are a community of one mind, believing one faith. Striving evermore on our own individual level to become aware and know our faith. So that we can be united as one. This is what it means to be a community. It's not just that, you know, we just get together and we may say some prayers together, but we all kind of do our own thing. It's that we're united as one. One prayer, one mind, all working towards one goal. And that is to be holy, to be saints together, and to be disciples who make Disciples to fulfill the mission that God has given to us in Christ. And that is what we reflect upon as we look at the Acts of the Apostles. But if we're honest, you and I, like, we're not there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Like, we still struggle to come to that place where we're united as one in prayer. We're united as one In our belief, we're united as one in our desire to be those disciples is still a struggle. And you may ask, like, how that's a great and lofty goal and I want to be there. But how do I get there? How do I get to a point where, you know, I'm not just I'm not just living a life of me and my Jesus, but I'm living as a holy member of the church? How do we get there to where we really image that community of one heart and one mind? Well, just like in the early church, the disciples didn't start with a group of thousands or ten thousands or millions of people. The church began with only those in the upper room. You could almost even say the church began with just those who were who were with our Lord at the cross. Mary, John, the other Mary. A small, very small group. If we start living this unity of one heart and one mind... In our own families, for instance. Then what would that mean when we come back to be the community that is Holy Cross? What would that mean when this community of Holy Cross joins in prayer with the whole church? For instance, as married couples, those of you who are married, you want to pray together 
as husband and wife. But maybe some of you struggle with that. You're not sure where to start. Or maybe when you start, it's just like it feel it doesn't feel right. Or you just have a hard time getting together to do like, you know, we want to pray a rosary together, but we, we're not able to do it because it takes too much time and we can't get together, like our schedules don't work or what have you. We want to pray together, but how do we do it? Because it just seems difficult. You just start small. If you want to learn to pray together as husband and wife, then just begin with a very simple, you know, Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, every day. doesn't have to be that complicated. And then as you grow comfortable, maybe start adding in more. A decade of the rosary, two decades of the rosary. Get to the rosary as a full thing. Maybe even as you grow in praying together, you start being more, a little bit more spontaneous. You start bringing in intercession, interceding for yourselves, for your children, for whoever needs prayers in your family, in your friends, in the community that you know of. And then maybe even begin to open up about where the Lord is moving in your life with your spouse where you see the Lord and where you are with him. But it all has to start somewhere. And it doesn't have to be this grand epiphany right from the beginning. It always starts somewhere. If we want to be that community of believers that is united in one mind, one heart, one spirit, then we have to start somewhere. The community here only grows stronger if we grow in our own little communities in holiness. If we try to do everything at once, it's not going to work. Because there's a lot of us trying to work and move in the same direction. Don't try to overburden yourself. Start small. And see the great things that have been. For it, I mean, just look. From that small group of disciples who are in the upper room, thousands upon thousands upon thousands came to believe and to be united in that church. And it all started with just a small group of disciples. Disciples who were scared, who were uncertain, as we see in the gospel today, but who trusted and moved forward in the same direction towards Christ.